Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the first season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, we are watching one of my favorite episodes today. My One of my favorite episodes, Rock Bottom. Uh, it is the second part of the 17th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. And really, I mean, the amount of stuff that's thrown at you in this episode, from from seeing Glove World for the first time to then going to Rock Bottom, I mean, we're shown these two locales that, although in the show, I think they've used Glove World a lot more since its first showing, we haven't seen too much more of Rock Bottom. And, um, you know, even though there's that scene in the SpongeBob movie in the trench, which, like Rock Bottom, has a lot of unique characters and creatures among it, um, it was never actually solely said the town of Rock Bottom. Uh, that's why one of my favorite levels in the SpongeBob SquarePants game Battle for Bikini Bottom is the rock bottom level. The fact that they made an entire level around that. And of course the, the Easter egg where if you go up to the vending machine near the bus stop, the bus will come up and leave without you. Like the first time you encounter that, it just, the, I was laughing. I had to pause the game because I was laughing so hard because of that kind of Easter egg. I was really impressed by that. And the fact that they crafted this whole level around just one episode of the show where SpongeBob really stays in one area he stays right close to the exit of rock bottom and he's right near the bus stop and the bathrooms that's about it you know there's one vending machine there and he doesn't really go past that and in the game they actually start you off at the bus stop there's the bathrooms there's the there's the actual bus station and then boom the rest of the level is completely made up on their own um, so we're going to really get right into this episode. Uh, I don't have any any interview today, no one to talk to. I wanted, being that this is one of my favorite episodes and, of course, a popular one, I wanted to have somebody with me during this episode. Um, but when it kind of came time where, where it just wasn't going to be able to happen, I thought, you know what? SpongeBob is stranded in rock bottom, and I should be stranded as well. And that is just the easiest way I could explain why this needs to happen other than, uh, you know, life gets in the way, scheduling is in the way. I also was asked recently about just uh, our update schedule. It's just been super tough in the last couple uh, weeks uh, juggling work and, and the podcast. Um, so the, the day that I usually try to upload is on Tuesdays. Sometimes I can hit Wednesdays and then sometimes like today it can hit very late Thursday because like I said, just life that 
man, man, does life get in the way the older you get. And we're about a we're a week away from my birthday, October 28th. And uh, and was weird. I was looking up. uh, I was getting my information ready for this episode. And I think the first season was released on October 28th, 2003. I think I saw that date and I was like, wow, I I know I got that as a as a birthday or Christmas gift. But uh, man, that came out right on my birthday. That was pretty crazy. Um, so if you want to watch along, I am, of, of course, going to start the episode halfway through. Uh, we're not going to watch the intro just for the second part of this episode. Um, but here we have Rock Bottom. Uh, when I say start, you can start it right at the title card. I'm just waiting for it to to, all right, start it. All right, so we got Rock Bottom here. Another very creepy intro, uh, really in line with Squidward, Squidward the Unfriendly Ghost. Um, just where it kind of starts off like, hey, you're going to be watching a, a, a d- creepier episode than usual. And here we have Glove World. I loved Glove World so much for so long until they started using Glove World a little bit more. And of course, I think it's fine that they used amusement park setting and SpongeBob, but the fact that the creators didn't touch it for so long, Steven Hillenburg didn't really use Glove World past this episode, kind of added to the allure of it. I don't know if I'm the only fan out there who feels like that, but there was something that I loved about the idea of Glove World and the fact that SpongeBob and Patrick on this ride here have to show off all of the stuff they got. And um, it's just the things they're pulling out are just so funny and that they're so into this. Um, th- that's what just made it funny to me for so long. Uh, I got a glove for my glove action figure. Like, the f- the f- I can't. I can't. The fact that this exists, that it's an idea, is so funny. Um uh, and, and of course, it's fine. It's just uh, the fact that Sponge <laughs> he puts it on his nose. Oh, my favorite scene in this whole episode. Uh, and if anybody's following, if anyone's just paying attention to like my favorite scenes in this movie, um, it, it's it's very like these little moments that seem to just only amuse me and not anyone else. Um, but this episode was actually written by uh, Mr. Lawrence. I forgot to go over that stuff. Look at that. We can do that here. This first aired on March 15th in the year 2000. was written by Paul Tibbet, Ineo, Ineo Torreson Jr., and Dave Fain. Uh, storyboarded by Paul and Ennio, and the animation was done by Tom Yasumi, and of course the creative direction was Derek Dryman. It was also stated, I, I was looking into this, and there was no citation, but it, uh, Mr. Lawrence was definitely a part of the creative team at this point. We've seen his name pop up. Um, but it was written on the SpongeBob, uh, one of the SpongeBob Wikipedias, that the idea for this episode came from an experience he had where, as a kid, the bus driver... Um, he forgot to get off at his stop and him and his friend got, got off, at, did not get off. And the bus driver had to go through the entire route before bringing them back to their original bus stop. And that it was super, uh, creep. Like it scared them, I guess. Like it freaked them out so much that this is where the idea of this episode came from. I don't know if that's true. I I've never heard that story, but, um, like that could have been one of those things where it was a jumping off point, you know, just sitting in a room mentioning like, hey, I was once uh, I had to stay on the bus because it forgot my spot, uh, my stop and being being ha- forced to stay in the bus. Maybe he just brought that up and then 
it was just springboarded into another, just an entire episode about SpongeBob getting off at the wrong bus stop. Um, and and who knows the amount of interviews out there. This could be just like one interview where it this story was mentioned and there's no citation. So if that's wrong, I apologize. But here we have all these creatures coming out of these different bathrooms. I mean, it's a joke you wouldn't be able to tell now in 2020 uh, because I'm sitting here thinking like, you should just walk into one. Like, who's going to... Who's going to tell you you're wrong? Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird joke at the bathrooms. But anyway, we saw that one-eyed Cyclops fish who is the same fish who not only works at the bus station, but is also the one who steals SpongeBob's uh, candy bar from the vending machine. I, I always thought that was funny because when you'd watch it in repeat airings, you're not really thinking about uh, how many times you actually see that one-eyed fish and he steals the kelp nougat crunch from the candy bar from the uh, from the vending machine there. Uh, so here we have Grandpa Squarepants being mentioned. Uh, it's not technically his first time being seen. Uh, his first time being seen was uh, was in the Sponge Who Could Fly in a thought bubble, uh, but that was SpongeBob basically imitating him. I I guess it's a good piece of advice. I mean, if my grandfather had told me not to. Not to chase a bus on, up a 90-degree angle. I would uh, I would believe him. That's, that's sound advice. I'll probably, if I have grandkids one day, I'll probably tell them that without showing them SpongeBob. Like, I'll let their parents decide what they show them, but I'll just quote and bring up stories of movies and TV shows that they don't know about so that when they get older and they might discover those things or, or and it just, I, I would love to blow their mind, like, after I'm gone. <laughs> like 30 years go by and they just somehow stumble upon this rock bottom episode of SpongeBob and hear that quote. And he's like, my grandson or granddaughter is like, wait a minute. My grandfather used to told me not to chase a bus up a 90 degree angle. He got this. What? Yeah, that's my plan. But here we have SpongeBob stuck at the bus stop. And let me just say, I don't know. I, I still think it's malicious what the bus driver is doing. He seems, I mean, obviously, especially with the vending machine, <laughs> glove candy dispenser. Did he expect the candy to not be glove flavored? Because if I was at Glove World and bought a glove candy dispenser, I'd assume the glove candy was latex tasting. Kelp nougat crunch. Um, but yeah, the bus driver seems to really maliciously attack SpongeBob in this episode. I mean, think think about how upset you'd be if you had a bus driver purposely come to get you when you weren't there. Um, and it becomes obvious a few times. Like, there's some situations like that where the bus driver just came up, and clearly they're lazy. They don't want to stop. They want to get their shift done. They want to go through all their bus stops, the route they have to do, even though I think if you're on a route, you just keep following that route until your, your shift is up. But, um... Yeah, maybe they just they're driving up to the bus stop. They see no one's there. They stop for the the one millisecond they have to and then they keep going. So there's some times where I can I cannot blame them other than other than being a bad employee anyway. But there are serious times where the bus driver is clearly like right here, not wanting to pick up SpongeBob. And it's a great visual gag, but man you're really sympathizing with SpongeBob with this one. I can't imagine what I would do if I was in a situation like this. 
It would have to be absurd for a bus to be treating like this. And then this fish just comes over and grabs the candy bar. Now, that's malicious intent. That guy knew the candy bar was still in there and just ran up and grabbed it. It's one thing if you walk up to a vending machine and you just happen to notice that there's something in there. But if you there's no way you're running up, pulling something out and running away if unless you know that somebody is uh, on their way to pick that up or or left it there. Maybe that's what he thought, to be fair. But now here's SpongeBob actually trying. The, that's the one that really, even as a kid watching this for the first time, I'm like, this bus driver is definitely messing with SpongeBob. The fact that he turned into a bench, stopped, and then drove away the second he saw somebody. Uh, so we, here we have all the different rock bottom uh, creatures here. They're based on a lot of deep sea creatures. Um, and it's honestly, I love the ocean. I'm fascinated by it. My fascination started with this show and got stronger with movies like Finding Nemo um, and even movies like Aquaman. I've just always enjoyed underwater. But there's a part where I don't go. And yeah, rock bottom is pretty close. Like the deeper you get, the creepier fish you will find. So all these all these creatures are are right up there with creepy fish you can imagine. But they all seem pretty nice other than. Other than the this one-eyed guy who just seemingly wants to <laughs> steal SpongeBob's candy bar and then give him a rough time at the window, um, and of course, uh, at least this character comes off as someone who is speaking with raspberries in the middle of their talking, so that would sound like this. Um, now, given the other character we meet at the end. I what I'm going to guess is that the raspberries in between words and the simple disrespect because this guy is just flat out disrespectful to SpongeBob stealing his candy bar, leaving him locking as far as I know, locking him into the, the bus station, even though SpongeBob gets out. But he just closes the lights, shuts everything off and leaves. Oh, there is a door open. But um. All this disrespect and the way he was speaking is just making me think that it is more that is just common. That is the speech of rock bottom. And that is the common uh, treatment you'll get going to rock bottom. Like it's common down there. It doesn't it's not weird for us. We're offended by that. And I think down there, that's what people do. The fish do. But then we meet this uh, this other fish who helps SpongeBob at the end. SpongeBob assumes he's I got to speak to him with the raspberries in between and, and we hear him raspberrying here, but we get that last minute joke that even after SpongeBob speaks to him like he would any other rock bottom fish, this guy just doesn't raspberry when speaking. So I'm guessing that this dude definitely knows English or at least whatever language if you're speaking, he understands it specifically, but also can speak rock bottom, which is the uh, which is the raspberries. But uh, I wonder what the raspberries mean on their own without speaking words. So for you, for someone to just raspberry and say nothing else, I wonder what that means down there. I wonder if that's just like a hey or uh, or just to get somebody's attention, and that's why he was doing it to SpongeBob to get his attention. But then when he walks up to him, he does it too. He just walks up and goes, so it might just be a hey. So I don't know. You're welcome. Um, so yeah, so SpongeBob uh, gets saved by the glove balloon, that, that nice rock bottom 
creature got to him. We don't really know that guy's name, but he's a wonderful dude. I mean, sometimes you can trust a stranger, you know, absolutely stranger danger, but eh, you, sometimes you'll find a helpful person out there. And here's Patrick coming back on the bus, and that is the episode. That is rock bottom. It really sits up there as one of my favorite episodes. I, I think of all time. I think it might hit my top ten of all time. It's super quotable. It's super fun. Um, you can sympathize with SpongeBob throughout the whole experience, and even by the end, um, just be happy that he's out of that situation. It's not like he's home. He still has to get home there's still another adventure there but we're satisfied that he's out of this increasingly weird and and creepy situation of being stuck at the bus station at rock bottom uh patrick being a good friend throughout the whole thing even though he let the bus go but that could have been out of his control the bus driver is is off his rocker and certainly messing with spongebob by the end of that and then also we have some pretty rude i should be fair though there was only two rude rock bottom creatures. The one-eyed fish stealing SpongeBob's candy bar. And then we also have that other one that in, that was in line who who spit out an egg on top of SpongeBob's head. Like that was pretty rude too. And that's what made me think that maybe just what we deem as rude is completely acceptable down there in rock bottom. Um they seem to have a different language and just a different style to them, even though it's uh, some of it's based on what we'd expect in Bikini Bottom. Um, but that, I what what more is to say about Rock Bottom? It's it's simply one of those. It's certainly season one. It's one of the top top ten best episodes of season one. It's an episode I would show people who would would say that they're not a fan of SpongeBob because it's something that even if you dislike SpongeBob, you can find something about this episode you'd like i i would i would put this episode up to the most cynical spongebob fan and and i think they would be lying if they said that they couldn't find anything about this episode that they thoroughly enjoyed it's just a flat out enjoyable episode but that's it for the podcast thank you for joining me this week um uh, and thank you for the year thus far we're, we're coming up to to almost uh two years Whoa, this is crazy um thank you for everything we're coming up on season two also season one is winding down and i'm still open to suggestions for how to tackle season two and forward so if you're a constant listener of the podcast and you have any ideas or changes or things you would like to see message me find me on social media find me on instagram find me on facebook and send a message send make a youtube comment send me a youtube message however you'd like to see fit find me on twitter um, this is all open. This is open to fan changes. I'm, I'm completely, there is nothing I'm locked down to. Um, I'd like to change some things up. I want every season to have its own feel. Um, so I'll probably change the artwork for season two or something like that. Definitely not our main logo, logo, but, uh, you know, we're going to continue moving forward with this show. And, and as I say in the beginning, it's, it's fan made and it's fan driven. So if you're a fan of this show, I want your voice to be heard. Don't forget to vote November 3rd. Everybody's telling you that. If you're if you're over 18, just do it. It, it, it actually matters. Every single vote matters. You, you, you don't ever say that yours doesn't. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Ah!